How's it going, everybody? As uh, Kelly just read there, we're in Philippians chapter 4. Um, I feel redundant um, to say uh, how excited I am about being here today um, in this place. Uh, there have been, we've worked really hard on this space for a really long time, and, and a bunch of you have worked really hard on this space for a really long time, and it's, uh, it's really cool to finally get to be here. Um, a lot of energy, a lot of money, a lot of life has been spent in these rooms. We have um, painted rooms, we have painted hallways, we have replaced sinks, we have replaced replacement sinks, um, we have uh, laid carpet tiles, you see beneath you right now. We've laid them, and then we've decided no, and then we re- relayed them, and then we decided no, and then we relayed them, and like we, like this is the best color scheme, the best thing we could come up with. So we've done many, much of that up here and up there, and um, most of that time when you're replacing carpet tiles and cutting carpet tiles, you're on your hands and knees uh, doing that. We've torn out old lights that don't work very well. Um, we've torn, we've replaced them with newer, brighter lights. We've cut limbs and cut grass and hacked down. You can see where that, is that a rose bush, I think, in the middle there? You can see where that bush is sitting. That was about waist-high weeds um, in late August. And so we hacked through all that stuff. Um, and we've climbed tall ladders. You saw in the video, uh, my son was back there on top of a ladder. Uh, that, the ladder literally reached to the ceiling in here. Um, and he climbed into the into the the ceiling there and fed uh, stuff to our projector there. So we've been some crazy stuff. And here's here's the other cool thing. Uh, I think my wife is still upstairs, so it's safe to say this. Um, uh, oh, there she is. Oh, dang it, um, babe. I'm sorry. Uh, so this screen was being hung before we got the ladder in here, right? And so what we did was I uh, had Abram standing right here. Abram is the biggest, strongest dude in North County. And, um, and we put a, a stepladder here on the mantle. And I climbed to the top, to the, to the top of the stepladder. You know that little step on the top of the stepladder that says, don't stand here? Even when it's on the ground? I was on that trying to hang this. And um, I, didn't, I didn't die. I'm not on crutches like Davis. Um, uh, but there's been a lot of effort, a lot of energy, a lot of uh, stuff happening uh, here. But I want, I want to put this metaphor in front of us, and I want this to kind of um, push us for the rest of the day to, to think through this idea, is that everything that's here, we could pull these carpet tiles up, we could scrape the paint off the walls, we could pull the light fixtures down that we've all replaced, and it's all really just covering up the, the ugly, the outdated, the broken um, and ultimately, I, I want that metaphor to, like, we're looking around at, at beautiful things, and, and this is great, and maybe you're at a, you go to a different church that's bigger and better, and, like, you're trying to figure out why these people are so excited about this. Um, but it's been a long, hard, uh, like, almost 10 years for us, and this is the first time we've had a space that we could create whatever we wanted to, and we don't have to, like, when we're finished here today, we don't have to tear anything down, ever, for the first time ever. Yeah, those, those whistles and, and claps came instantly from those who have been doing that for 10 years. Uh, but I want to point back to this thing that all of this stuff is just covering up ugly and outdated stuff. If you had come here the first part of September, this would have just been 
like 1970 retro stuff, right? What, what we came in, to, and it, it's, it, it looked like it had been like not inhabited for years, and, and that's what it was. And, and, but I want you to see that efforts that we put forth here are just covering up ugly and broken and outdated. Um, so go with me to Philippians 4, um, and I want you to see this metaphor of the building and a church that is in a building and a people that make up that church and a people that are a part of a larger community. So um, Philippians 4, I want to read verses 11 and 12 first. Not that I'm speaking of being in need. This is Paul talking to a church in Philippi. Um, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I'm to be content. I want to parenthetically insert this idea. That is a great just a practical statement for you to memorize and maybe put on your phone an alarm to go off every Tuesday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That phrase, whatever situation, I am to be content. Um, why is Paul to be content? He answers this question in verse 12. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Um, North Church has been brought low and has abounded many times, many ways, many, many opportunities. And I want to think through some of those things. Um, first, uh, the March 18th, I'm going to go through our, where we've been as a church. March 18th, 2007, we launched in a place called North American Martyrs Catholic Church, which is literally like half a mile from here. Um, and we spent very similar, a lot of time and effort and energy pouring into that place. And uh, it had been for sale for like five years. And we went in and, and, and cleaned it. And then they sold it in three months. So our launch space, we like, imagine if somebody came in three months and said, sorry, you got to get out of, out of here. We would be really disheartened. Um, and that's what happened to us at North American Martyrs Catholic Church. They had, been, they had been for sale for at least five years. And they sold it in three months after we moved in. So on June the 24th, 2007, some of you guys have been here for a while are going to enjoy these dates and reflect upon these dates. Uh, June 24th, 2007, we left North American Martyrs Catholic Church and went to uh, the SLNBA. It's an office in uh, Bridgeton, and we, we met there, uh, and it was very, about half the size of this room is where we were meeting, and our kids were meeting in what amounts to like an executive boardroom. Uh, our kids were meeting there. Uh, luckily, there weren't as many as there are now. Um, I think, if I can remember right, it was like my kids and Trey, for the most part, right, um, who are now grown up and in big church, uh, big church. Uh, so uh, we spent just a few months there. Um, it wasn't the greatest situation because it was an office and we didn't have a great kid space. So on December 2nd, 2007, we moved to this campus for the first time. Uh, on Sunday evenings. And we met first in the cafeteria for a few months, and it was this huge cavernous place that was a cafeteria. Um, and it wasn't the greatest spot because it was a cafeteria. So we moved. We weren't very big at that point, uh, And we moved into the hexagon, the prayer chapel, which is, you guys, the hexagon is right in the middle of the parking lot where you guys parked this morning and came in. And so we, we met there for, uh, for several years. And then on October 2nd, 2016, was our... Uh, First Sunday at, I'm sorry, that's today. <laughs> Read, Rick. On June 6, 2010, we left this space on Sunday nights to go to Florissant Presbyterian. We were there for a little over six years. Um, and some of the pictures you saw on the video before are from that 
from our season of life there. And it was a great opportunity for us. We have nothing but wonderful things to say about the folks at Florida Presbyterian. They were uh, God, literally godsends to us. We prayed for a long time. Um, but then uh, we started, we, we knew that like last Sunday was the day they wanted us to, to, to leave because they needed their space. And so we began to, to pray for a year about where to be. Um, some of you in community groups uh, spent your community groups in various parking lots praying over that space. Um, and if you're like me, I w- every, every time I would drive down the street anywhere in the world, I would think, that we should go there. Oh, wait, I'm in Kansas City. I, we can't meet there. Uh, and, but this thing it had been in our brains for a really long time, and now here we are. And, and the point of, of all of that is, one, to, to look back and reflect on the history of our church, but more than that, to see how we as a church have been brought low and we, like, like, it was really hard when North American Martyrs sold their building. Was, this is great. Oh, no. Now we've got to move. We've been brought low, and the spaces that we've occupied have not been the greatest. We've also, by the way, interim slash one-day locations. We, we've met at Trinity Church. We've met at the Community Garden. We've met at Florissant Valley Baptist Church. We've met at my house, the Baker's house, the Kuntz's house. All these places we met for one or two or three Sundays. And we've known what it's looked like as a church for a building to be brought low, and we've known what it looks like to abound. Um, and now, here we are, um, hopefully, abounding. Um, but the metaphor, I, I want it to, to press beyond just our physical circumstances. I want it to, to press into our, our brains and, and the way that we think and react. How has North Church been brought low? I, I want to also say this. Um, the likelihood is, if you've been here for a while... I have done something ignorant to you to hurt you, and I'm sorry. The likelihood is there's somebody in this room who's done something that made you really mad. Maybe so much so that, like, I'm not going back there again. That's the, the, the truth of the matter. When people live close to one another, live lives up close in real community, they do dumb things to you, and they hurt you. And guess what? You do that, too. And there's people in this room who have made me really mad. North Church, not just the building, but in our relationships with one another, in even our relationships with God. Could we be bold enough to say that? That stuff has happened in our lives where we've been really angry at God and wanted to yell cuss words at him? Yes. Yeah. In this whole process, for me, I've been there. I don't want to do this. I've given my Saturdays for five weeks. I, don't, I want a Saturday back. I'm not doing this, God. I've been mad at him. Why? Why do we have to toil here in this place? I've been mad. I've been brought low. Can we be honest enough to say that? That people in this room have brought you low, and you've brought people in this room low, and we have seen God thinking that he has brought us low. But we've also abounded as people in this place. I look around, and I see Faces of, and, and I see how God has changed lives of, of human beings in this room. And he's used his word and his spirit and his, and his gospel to do that. But he's also used people, like people in this room. Like there's, a, there's a really good chance that there's someone in this room that's very responsible for your drawing near to God at some point in some season of your life. We know what it looks like to abound and to be in want both as a church and a building, but then individually and corporately as people. It's the truth. But the one constant is Jesus. 
The constant is Jesus. North Church are an imperfect people. This is in your bulletin. I just want to read this to you. North Church are an imperfect people living among imperfect people in imperfect places, in an imperfect city, in an imperfect world. But Jesus is constant. Jesus is constant. He doesn't change. We've met in so many different places. So many different places. Sometimes for just a day. Knowing that it's just for one Sunday. When we met at Trinity Church a couple of times, it was because Florida Presbyterian had a luncheon and we had to leave their space. We met just for one day. We know what it looks like to abound and be in want. But Jesus has always been the constant. It doesn't matter if this floor is pretty or tiled and roaches are running around. That happened. One of the last things my wife said to me when I left the house this morning, when you walk in, make sure there aren't any roaches laying around. So I'm sorry if, that, if, if you saw one this morning. Um, but this was their home for six years. So, um, But the fact is that Jesus is constant, and we're here in a new place. Um, and I think Paul is, is asking a question here. How can I be content in whatever situation? What is the secret that he has learned? How Paul can be content in every situation. How North Church as a people can be content when we abound and when we're being brought low. How can we be content? The answer is Jesus. Period. Um, and that is... Let me read 11 and 12 and then 13 in context. By the way, Philippians 4.13 is the most improperly executed verse in the history of Scripture. It doesn't mean that you're going to win the championship. It doesn't mean that, that you can do whatever you want in Christ. That's not what it means. What it means is this. Let's look at it. Uh, Go back to verse 11. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. So, how is Paul to be content? What is happening in Paul's life that he is able to be content in all of those circumstances? And I just spent all that time thinking about our physical world and, and how we emotionally wreck each other and how we emotionally build each other up. How are we content in all of those situations? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. I can abound in a dirty, nasty place. I can abound when someone is angry at me and mean to me or frustrated or doesn't meet my expectations of them or the church or my pastor doesn't meet my expectations of them. I can, I can do all of those things because of Christ. And that's massive for us. It really gets down to verse 19. Uh, before we get there, the, the, the whole point of us here is Christ, the proclamation of Christ. We, like, I'm standing here with a microphone. Jeff was leading, and Kelly were leading worship before. We've got community groups. We're going to introduce you to your community group leaders that are launching next week in just a bit. Everything that we do is about what Paul was about here, proclaiming Christ, proclaiming the gospel, putting you in situations where you can see and have the gospel proclaimed to you and learn how to proclaim the gospel to your own heart and then allow that to press through into your world and into your cultures. Go to verse, the point of all this is to proclaim Christ, which is verse 19. Uh, 
And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Like, I'm, I really love words. My favorite word in this verse is every. Like, we overuse words like, you, like my kids. You never let me. That's not, never is a big word. There, there are big words that we overuse, but every is not overused here. Do you, do you realize, look, there's a lot happening, a lot of metaphors, a lot of times I'm asking you to use your brains and think a little deeper beyond what I'm actually saying, but I want to be very specific here. Think about that. The Lord will supply every need of yours. Is there a need that he won't supply? Not rhetorical. Feel free to answer. No, think, like, that's incredible. You don't have a need that he won't supply the... The, the, the result for. That's huge. And I'm, I'm convinced that God brings situations just like this where we see him supplying for our needs. We are a small church in a small place with a small budget. And when we figured out that we needed to move from that place at Flowpres, where we didn't pay very much money to go find a place where we could be Oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? It wasn't long ago we were stressed out about budget, right? And, and now we've got to find a building that we can afford to be in, that, that we can create space, and, and it's, it's stressful, really stressful. 2015, until we, we kind of finalized on this place, was really stressful. God, what are you going to do? How are you going to supply these needs? And I'll be honest, I, I doubted how, what are, like, this is just, it's not going to be able to happen. What are we going to be able to do? And, and if you're honest with yourself, when you heard that we were coming here, what did you think? I, I, I like, I sense that from some people. I sense that from my own heart. Like when we walked into this building and saw it for the first time, like this, this is the answer. And allow that to be a metaphor to speak into your world and into your life. How many times do we come into circumstances in our world and in our lives and think, God, is this the way that you're going to provide for my need? No, thank you. I hope you can see that. Um, and I, I hope that I, I, I poked a few of you in the middle of that, if you were that, that guy. Um, but I hope I did it lovingly. But the point is, allow the physical nature of where we are and what's happening and the beauty of, that God has given to us in the middle of this, in very tangible things, to speak a loud voice to your heart and to your life. Wherever you are, whatever need you have in the depth of your heart, in your marriage, in your parenthood, in your workplace, in your community, in your city, in your finances, in anything, God is trying to get your attention to say this to you. I got this. And as you, you enjoy, we're going to enjoy some chili today in just a little bit. And, and as you enjoy that, think about how God has provided in this very physical presence and understand that he's done it forever. We had a tangible need at a, course, at a cost that we could afford. We prayed, we sent emails, we 
we gathered in parking lots, and, and here we are showing that God is indeed supplying for our needs. Um, verse 19 feeds into verse 20. Uh, verse 20 says, To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, a lot of, this is like the period for a lot of us, and we gloss over what verse 20 has actually said to us. But what verse 20 is actually saying to you is that he won't just supply for your needs but he'll, he'll show you, like, here, here's the, the fact. You and I were created to be fulfilled by God alone. You and I were created to be fulfilled by God alone, and we're stupid. So we go around this world trying to fulfill ourselves with our own needs. Think back to the garden. That's exactly what happened. Adam and Eve were living in true and utter perfection. They were having the depth of their needs satisfied by God. But then Satan came and lied to them and said, He can't fulfill, he won't fulfill for your every need. So you need to go and do it for yourself. This is verse 20. What it's proclaiming to you is stop looking around for something apart from Christ that will fulfill you because it won't. God does bring physical circumstances into our lives to bring us high and, and, and to push us low. But both of them, the point of them, are for us to not see this stuff as the end, but he as the end and the supplier of those needs. And I, I, I need you. I almost said I want you, but I need you to see that. This is your God. Stop stressing and worrying. Allow this space. For those of you, there's several of you who are part of our core team who started in 2006 thinking about what God would do. Here he is. He's done 12 years worth of stuff in this place. And some of you who are here for the first time today, God is trying to get your attention. And what he's trying to say to you is, Find in me the satisfaction of every want you'll ever have. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Check this out. This was completely circumstantial, accidental. I'm going to end with that idea. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We're going to... Like, look, look right through there. It looks like a bunch of crock pots. <laughs> and there's like, I don't know what, 11, 12, Norm. How many crock pots of chili over there? 11, 12, 13, something like that. And, and you're going to taste them. Some of them will probably be, ooh. Is that okay to say that? Did I say that out loud? I apologized like a few minutes ago, right? That I hurt some of you? I'm sorry if I did it again. But some of them will be too hot for you. We'll go with that. But some of them will be great. And I want you, as, you, as you're tasting this, I want you to, to allow that metaphor to speak to you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good and wants to do good things to you and for you and through you. Our God is good. Look around you and celebrate that. 
Let's pray and sing some more. God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for this place, God. But I pray that we wouldn't fail to be so excited about paint and lights and carpet tiles and not having to tear down that we miss the beauty of you, God. You and your son. God, it's so easy to see how you've provided for us here. And God, push us past that ease to see that and into how you have provided for every one of our needs, physical, spiritual, emotional, everything, God. And God, allow us to stop seeking the world and seek you for the satisfaction of our needs. God, to you be glory and honor and praise forever and ever. Amen. Hey, we're going to enter into our time of response. And for those that have been around, you kind of know what this time is. For those that are guests, here's what we do is we, uh, we believe that God is real and is alive and is pursuing the heart of every single person that's in here. And so we don't believe that we just come to church and sit in some seats and sing some songs and leave and go about our day, but we believe that God actually wants to interact with us in every moment of every day. And in particular, we believe he wants to do that right now. And so here's the phrase that I want to speak over us as we engage in response time. Don't, don't worry, we're not going to ask you to do anything weird or anything uncomfortable, I, I don't think, um, or anything awkward. Um, you're like, holy cow, I just came to celebrate and, and this is going to get weird. Um, no, so, but here, here's... Here's the phrase that I want us to respond with. God provides. Where do you need to hear that in your life? Ask the Spirit. What are you walking through? What what does He have you in your life? Where are you failing to believe that God is real and He wants to enter into this thing, this situation where you're limited? Where you're on crutches and you wish you could do things that you can't. Where you're at work and you wish you could handle something that you just can't. Where you're a parent and you wish, where you're a teacher and you wish, where you just could just be real this morning and say, you know what? I need help. Here's the truth. That we will stand and we will celebrate and we will sit under the weight of God is our provider. So that's what we're going to celebrate. We're going to stand, we're going to sing songs, and we're going to celebrate that. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're invited to come. There's tables up front. Just at some point in the, in, as we continue, there's bread that represents the broken body of Jesus Christ, and there's juice that represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And, and as you tear the bread off, here's what we're doing, is we're remembering. That's what Jesus instructed us to do. Remember that my body was torn to shreds. So that today you would realize, I'm your provider. I'm your forgiveness. I'm your perfection. I'm the one who covers the old, gross junk and lays the carpet tile in your life to say, you know what? I'll make you who I want you to be. And we dip it in the juice to remember Jesus shed his blood for us. That is our hope. There'll be people in the back to pray with you. They'll be just like, man, I just need someone to walk with me, pray with me. Love to do that. There's baskets up front. If you're a member here, here's, here's what we remember as we give. 
God provides. That's it. When you put that in there, what you're saying is, I'm trusting that God will meet my needs. Because all of us, let's be honest, we could give and we could do something with that. We could spend my money somewhere else. And here's what we're remembering as believers in Jesus Christ and the giving. If you're a guest with us, we're glad you're here and we pray the service is a blessing. But when we give, here's what we're remembering. God, you're my provider. Open-handed. God, you're everything to me. We're going to sing and we're going to celebrate the goodness of God. Let's respond as, as God leads.
nothing without you, nothing without you here in my life. There is hope here in your presence, here in your presence where I come alive, I come alive. In your never-ending love, you rescued me, sought me out, set me free, and your never-ending
to do before we get out of here this morning. Um, uh, I want to, uh, community group leaders, if you are out there, could you come up here? Um, community group leaders are, uh, that's you, Al, that's you, Rebecca, that's you, Jeff. Um, there he is. Uh, one of the, the pillars of our church is uh, community groups, and these are new community group leaders. We're launching uh, our community groups starting this week. Uh, so, the first one will be Wednesday, and the next one will be uh, a week from today, uh, our community group. So I want we've, we've talked many times about, uh, about community groups and how important they are, but I wanted to kind of put faces with names. Uh, Jeff is going to be leading with Scott Jones on the uh, Sunday night group starting a week from today at 4 o'clock at the Brockmeyers house. Uh, by the way, sign-ups for each one of these three groups are, are there uh, on the desk, the welcome desk. And then Rebecca has been leading... 
Uh, that's her sister, Sarah. Um, uh, highly appropriate. Uh, Rebecca has been with us for a really long time, uh, almost since the beginning, and uh, she is leading our first ever student community group, uh, which is really cool. Uh, so if, if you are between 12 and 18, feel free to, to come and uh, be a part of that group on Wednesday nights, meeting at her house, and maybe even might kind of transition here, because we can be here anytime we want to be, uh, which is really cool. Um, and then Al is going to be leading a group on Wednesday nights at, at our house. So if you have students who are in, like, in that age group, drop them by Rebecca's house and then come to my house and we'll have community group. And then when we're done, there'll be time for you to get back there and pick them up. See how we did that? So, um, so these are our community group leaders. I want to just put them in front of you. And community groups are really vital, really important to our to our church and to what we're doing and how we're trying to invest the gospel in and through ourselves. So I want to pray over these folks and then also let you see them. And then uh, if you haven't signed up for a group, sign up for a group today if you can. So um, let, me, uh, let me pray for you guys. Get a little closer here like we like each other. God, I thank you so much for, uh, for these that have given their lives to, uh, uh, to invest your gospel in this church, Father. And the people that are here, God, um, Lord, you have done so much in this body through community and through community groups, Father. And I thank you for the the new leaders and Jeff and Scott, who's not here, and and for Rebecca and the the new the newness and the passion that they're going to bring to to this spot of, of leadership, Father. And I pray that you would uh, allow them to invest the gospel in those that come to these groups, Father. And for Al, who's served last year. God, I thank you for his willingness to serve again. And Lord, I, I pray that, um, that these would be good days where we seek and understand your gospel and apply it to our hearts and to our lives, Father. God, I thank you so much for all that you've done, all the newness that's here and around us, Father, in this building, in this church, and in our community groups. Lord, I pray that you would um, continue to push us towards your presence, and towards your spirit, God. Thank you so much for what you're going to do this afternoon as we celebrate and eat together. I pray that that food will nourish our bodies and uh, uh, make us strong, Father, as we do the work you've called us to, remembering that you have supplied for every one of our needs through your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his perfect name that I pray. Amen.